When 31-year-old Leslie Howell and 32-year-old Trevor Buchanan were found dead inside a garage, it was believed to be a double suicide. It appeared as though the two had discovered their spouses were having an affair with one another and they could not bear the reality. The police took everything at face value, but almost 20 years later, the truth finally comes out after an internet scam. This case is like none other I have ever heard. Why did it take almost two decades and fraud for the truth to surface? Well, come hang out with me while I talk true crime. Hello and welcome to Hell No, a true crime podcast with your host, Lauren Lucio. There is a lot to cover in this week's case. I, it, every time I would Google search this case and the name of the people involved, a new element of this case would pop up. I had so many tabs open on my computer. I have linked everything in my show notes. It is the longest show notes I have ever had. There are so many resources for this, so much involved, so much to cover. So I'm just going to jump straight into it. Northern Ireland, 1983. A young and in love couple tie the knot. Colin and Leslie Howell had met while studying, fell in love, and got married. Colin studied to become a dentist, which he goes on to have a long career in. Uh, Spoiler alert, unsuccessfully, but we're going to talk about that later. And Leslie studied nursing, which she eventually and reluctantly gave up to raise her and Colin's children. In 1981, a woman named Hazel Stewart marries a man named Trevor Buchanan in Belfast, which is, of course, also Northern Ireland. These couples, they're both young, they're around the same age, they're both uh, in Northern Ireland, but they don't know each other. Not yet, anyways. Trevor Buchanan, he would go on to become a constable. He was a police officer and he started that uh, job in 1986. And he and Hazel, they would go on to have two kids and Hazel uh, would be a stay-at-home mom. I think previous to this, she was a Sunday school teacher, uh, something to do with children and teaching. I think Sunday school teacher. Uh, And then she was a full-time uh, mom, stay-at-home mom when when her and Trevor had their kids. Leslie and Colin, they have their first baby in 1984, and this is when Leslie has to leave nursing. She loved her job, and if if there was any way she could have done both nursing and raising her children, she would have, uh, but it sounded like that wasn't really an option or it wasn't even commonly done in Northern Ireland at that time. Uh, So she reluctantly quit her job as a nurse, which she loved, to raise their children. In 1986, they had their second baby. 1989, they had their third baby. And then in 1990, they had their fourth baby. In between 1984 and 1990, a lot happened in Leslie and Colin's relationship, including Colin having an affair while Leslie was pregnant. What an asshole. So Leslie found out. Colin stopped the affair and the two, they managed to move forward. In 1988, Colin opened his very own dental practice. The next year, when Leslie discovered how grim the finances were and that Colin had been lying about how well they were doing, uh, she almost left him again. She was like, I'm leaving you. You're a liar. We have no money. What are you doing? And I don't know how, but Colin convinced Leslie to stay so he's had an affair he's lied about the finances he's controlling the finances he's there's no savings there's nothing she could she couldn't even afford to buy groceries she had to go into into the dental practice and get the receptionist to open up the the petty cash box and take money out of that just to buy groceries there was nothing left in the bank accounts I'd imagine Leslie wasn't in a position to leave Colin she was the primary caregiver to four children Uh, Therefore, she didn't have time to work. So, 
you know, what was she, what was she going to do? She had to take care of these four kids. Childcare would be so expensive. Her being a single mom, even working as a nurse full time, paying for childcare. It just, I don't know, it, just, it wouldn't balance out. Two years after this whole thing happened, Colin, he got up to his old tricks again when Leslie was pregnant with her fourth child. He developed unpure thoughts about a woman who belonged to the same church that he and Leslie belonged to. Not only was Colin a member of this church, but he was actually the youth, the youth pastor. So him and Leslie were both very involved uh, in their church. They had come from a religious background. They It seems like they had always been religious their, their entire lives and they were very uh, committed and devoted to their their church and their religion however well this didn't stop Colin from having these unpure thoughts while Leslie was pregnant with their fourth child so the member of the church that he developed an eye for was none other than Hazel Buchanan so they didn't know each other all those years ago but then eventually they moved to the same town they became members of the same church and this is where they met. Hazel and Colin, they met at church. Uh, and it was an organized swimming lessons class through the church. And during one of these swimming lessons, Colin was teaching Hazel how to do some sort of swim. I can't remember what it, front stroke or something. And as he touched her stomach uh, to, to hold her up, to to coach her how to do this, this swim, he became very attracted to her and he blurted out I'm not having innocent thoughts about you okay uh well he's honest I guess and Hazel uh, she hears this and she responds I'm not so innocent myself whoa <laughs> whoa it reminds me of that Britney Spears song so Hazel she she wanted things in life that her police officer husband, Trevor, couldn't afford. Uh, she wanted more of the finer things in life that, say, a doctor could afford, maybe a dentist. Uh, Hazel, she was attracted to Colin, and he was attracted to her, and he's a dentist. Uh, he probably makes more money than her police officer husband, you know, I don't know. Sparks started flying in this pool. Remember, poor Leslie, Colin's wife, she's at home pregnant with her and Colin's fourth baby. Uh, she gave up her career that she loved for her family. And Colin, he's playing around in a fucking swimming pool with a woman he's having, well, what did he say? Not such innocent thoughts about. Uh, I mean, is he thinking about all, all his wife has sacrificed for him to have their family I don't know but okay what do you think Colin does Leslie says this back to him this is kind of an oh this is kind of an in really like the next move is his what do you think he does do you think he remains faithful to his wife and his vows mm, no no he does not and neither does Hazel nothing happens that day in the pool I mean, how could it? Church members and their children were there. Um, so the two had to settle for this electric forbidden connection in the shallow end of this, what I could imagine a, to be a public pool. But this spark, this connection they had in this pool, this was the beginning of a massive fire. Colin knows that Hazel is going to be at Castle Rock Beach a few days later. So he comes up with a story to tell his wife, to tell Leslie, so he can also be there. He tells Leslie that the church is having a meetup at the beach and he wanted to take the kids. Leslie loved this because she was heavily pregnant and she had three kids running around her feet all day. This was a welcomed break for her. Colin goes to Castle Rock Beach that day with he and Leslie's children and he goes to meet up with Hazel. Now, whether or not this was a church meetup, I'm unsure. I believe that part was a lie. And it was Hazel who told Colin 
about this beach day. Not, it wasn't like through the church. The lies, they have begun. And so had the affair between Hazel and Colin. I don't know if it happened this day. Probably not with the kids there. But I think this was the beginning of the end. Months into this affair, because this it, it's all happening now. They, they're like a tornado together. Months into this affair, Hazel becomes pregnant. Yes, Hazel becomes pregnant. And she has no idea whose baby it is. It could be her husband's. It could be Colin's. She has no idea. She keeps this from her husband. She doesn't tell Trevor. However, she tells Colin. And Colin says, okay, I know exactly what to do. I've got experience with this. How do you think Colin knows what to do so effortlessly? He just knew. He just knew. He's like, I can help us out of this little pickle. Well, when he and Leslie were dating before they were married, they were not allowed to have premarital sex as the church did not allow this. And remember, they were both very religious. Leslie and Colin did, however, have sex before marriage, despite what the church said, and Leslie got pregnant. It said that Colin pushed Leslie into having an abortion, not only that one time, but a total of three times. And two of those abortions were in the span of seven months. In the eyes of the church, not only was the premarital sex a sin, but so were the abortions. After a while, Colin felt guilty about the abortions and decided he and Leslie needed to get married and have children to make up for what they had done. So he was like, okay, we've had three abortions. We need to have three children. So it's really hard to say if Colin and Leslie married because they were in love or because they felt they had to atone for what they had done. Now Colin is having an affair with a married woman and he's having this affair and he gets her pregnant. Obviously they're not married. This is out of wedlock. It's an affair. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things the church isn't going to like happening here. Um, So Colin, he takes Hazel to London to a familiar clinic he had visited with Leslie before they were married. Hazel's husband has no idea what's going on. And when he wakes up one morning, he finds his wife gone and he sees a note in her her place in the bed. Usually, hey, my wife's there. He wakes up, he rolls over. Oh shit, my wife isn't there. It's a note. Now, in reality, she was with Colin in London getting an abortion, but she couldn't tell Trevor this. Instead, she tells him that she needs a few days away to get through a tough time in her life, which I mean, that's not a complete lie. That's pretty crazy. She didn't know if she was pregnant with her husband's baby or her lover's baby. There was no way to find out. So we actually never know whose baby she was carrying. She she doesn't know. After Hazel's secret abortion, her and Colin's affair continues one day hazel and colin take a romantic walk in the woods okay they're like let's take this cute ass walk in the woods they go out there they hold hands they slowly saunter around you know they're just enjoying each other's company the outdoors in this cute little romantic walk they're on they thought they were all alone in this secluded forest walk but guess what somebody Somebody must have been around because they were seen. And that person who saw them was a member of their church. And they went and told the pastor of the church, uh-oh, uh-oh, busted, uh-oh. So their pastor went to ask Colin if this was true. And Colin lied right to his freaking face. He told him that he and Hazel had a chance encounter on that walk. They were out there separately and they just bumped into each other. Basically, they didn't plan that walk. They were both just out there walking alone. They bumped into each other, said hello. That's when somebody must have saw them. And there was nothing going on. And the pastor believes Colin. He says, okay, thanks for your honesty you liar so then the pastor he went to hazel and this made me think i was like what like is part of this pastor's job to like investigate members of the church doing 
things that they shouldn't be doing because if that's the case sign me up can like can I be a pastor I don't know so the pastor he wants to ask Hazel about it and she didn't even think about lying to her pastor no way she told the truth about the affair Mm -hmm. that's right she told the the whole truth she was like okay we're busted we've been having an affair that night Colin comes home And he thinks it's going to be just another night coming home from work, coming home to his wife and kids, having some dinner, going to bed, whatever. No. Oh, no. Guess who was sitting at the table waiting for him? The pastor. That's right. He came back to tell Colin he knew the truth and also to inform Leslie. He told Colin's wife, he's like, your husband is having an affair. Let's all sit down and talk about this. <laughs> That's what this pastor is doing. Just shows up. Your husband's having an affair. Everybody sit down. We're going to talk about this. This isn't something we want happening in our church and we're going to sort this shit out. And when I guess when your pastor shows up and says that, you listen. It would have been such a crazy night. Um absolutely wild. So Leslie and Colin, they soon started counseling because this was offered by the church. They're like you need to save your marriage. We're going to offer you counseling. And Leslie and Colin listen they were like yes we are here for the counseling and so did hazel and trevor so i'd imagine the pastor went over to hazel and and trevor's house the next evening i don't know how much time they had maybe later that evening and went through the whole thing thing with them so this is when the affair stopped both couples were in marriage counseling offered by the church uh but after this this is when it gets very very dark this is when a murder plan comes about well the affair did stop for around four months and during this time trevor actually told colin he forgave him for the affair with his wife trevor sounds like an amazing man he's this police officer he seems very humble he's forgiving this guy who had this secret affair with his wife just seems like a really good guy leslie on the other hand she was devastated by the situation i feel like she was not going to forgive hazel anytime soon i mean maybe but she was still just absolutely broken about this this affair her husband had had she was showing signs of depression such as being totally unmotivated hanging around on the couch all day and even drinking every night which is just so sad by this time her and colin had four kids and there was a lot to do but colin he found himself having to do uh, most of the work with the children himself as leslie she she just wasn't able to do it she was just so depressed she she was she you know she felt betrayed she was heartbroken leslie she even tried to take her own life one night that's how much this had ripped her apart and she had even written a note leslie had eaten a bottle of prescription pills Uh, And I believe she stormed out of the house. Uh, Somehow emergency services were contacted. She was found. Her stomach was pumped and she survived, luckily. Even after all of this hurt that Colin had caused his wife through this affair, he and Hazel were still pining for one another. And eventually they started up their affair again. This time they were very sneaky. So I think this is, there was four months in between when they stopped the affair to when they started the affair. Uh, And they had to be very sneaky because everyone knew that they had had an affair. The whole church knew, everybody knew. So if anyone saw them together, they were just immediately busted. They could not be seen together. And unfortunately, I could imagine this made their desire for one another stronger because it was so forbidden. Leslie's suicide attempt got Colin thinking about if Leslie had been successful in her attempt. And this didn't hurt him like it should have. No, 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 no. This thought about Leslie being successful in a suicide attempt made him happy. He didn't feel guilt or remorse for dragging his wife into the depth of despair. No, no, he was only wishing that her attempt would have worked. 
All he could think about was how happy he would be if his wife died. Girl, get a fucking divorce. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you sitting around fantasizing about your wife dying? Just get a fucking divorce, man. All right. So it's now spring of 1991 and Colin tells Hazel his sinister plan. Their affair had started again and immediately like immediately, I think this is how they even came together again. He tells Hazel his plan to murder both Leslie and Trevor. That way they can be together. And he told her this plan when they had somehow snuck off together and they went out to this remote road in a secluded area. And he was like, hey, I've got a plan and I think we should murder people. Apparently, Hazel said the plan was crazy and she wasn't very supportive of it but if she was reluctant at all it didn't stop her from helping carry out the plan yeah so how are they going to do it and get away with it because they have to get away with it the whole point is to be together I don't know why they're just not getting divorces okay so Colin had the idea to stage a double suicide It really was a evil crazy ass plan that should have never worked at all let alone for nearly 20 years. It, it, May, okay, so May 18th, 1991, that evening, Leslie had drunk enough wine to have her laying down. Because remember, she's drinking every night. Some sources say she was drugged, possibly with sleeping pills or lorazepam. Um, but I could not confirm this. Uh, but some sources did say perhaps she was drugged. But again, I can't confirm it. But she had been drinking. And she drank a bottle of wine. And then I think Colin even ran out and got her another bottle. And he's like, oh, do you want another bottle? And she was probably thinking, oh, my husband's being so nice to me. He goes out and gets me another bottle of wine. Really, he just wanted her as drunk as possible. And when she fell asleep on the couch that night after drinking all of this wine, she was in a pretty deep sleep. Colin ran a hose attached to the car's exhaust pipe outside. He goes outside. He puts this hose around the exhaust pipe of their vehicle, runs back inside, puts it by his wife's sleeping face, and then goes and turns the car on. Yeah. And he had the fumes flowing through it right into Leslie's face as she slept. For an accurate aim, he somehow altered one of their their uh, baby's bottles and he ran the hose through that. So I'm not really sure exactly what that means, but I think... I think it means he ran the hose through the bottle and could cup the exhaust fumes coming through the hose around her mouth or her her, her mouth and nose, which is just so fucked up that he used up one of their baby's bottles to do that. This man. He, okay. So Leslie, she actually woke up during this and she cried out for her firstborn son as she died. She was very weak by this point because I guess these fumes work pretty quickly and she was eventually killed on her own couch with exhaust fumes forced upon her by her own husband. And I guess at one point after she had woken up and started yelling for their child son, their firstborn son, um, she was really weak and Colin put a like a blanket over her head Uh, so not only was the hose of exhaust in her face, but it was now trapped under this blanket and she was breathing it all in. Once she was dead, apparently the fumes in the house were so strong. Uh, and there was, their children were sleeping upstairs, by the way, and the fumes, the fumes were in the house. Colin had to run around and open all the windows. And I I would say that, uh, I, I would say he probably came pretty close to, um, being, being poisoned with that exhaust himself which is just crazy to me that he's like oh I don't care I'll do this with my kids upstairs I'll I'll fill I'll fill my family home with poisonous gas to kill my wife and then I'll just air it out after no big deal then Colin put Leslie's body in the trunk of his car Um, then he called Hazel and told her that he was on his way and later and by later I mean 20 years later Hazel will say that she was crying and told him no when he arrived uh, but he was so set in his plan to 
kill both Leslie and Trevor, that there was nothing she could do and she couldn't stop Colin from murdering her husband. Uh, Hazel will claim that Colin had control over her and that she feared him. She says that he used the abortion that she had to manipulate her into being an accomplice to the murders. He would say things to her such as, well, you murdered a baby, so what's the difference in killing other people? Hazel describes Colin as a psychotype, and I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to agree with Hazel on this one. He definitely seems like a psychotype, for sure, for sure. I don't believe she didn't want him to kill her husband, uh, and neither will a jury. Okay, spoiler alert, a jury also doesn't believe this. Colin arrives at Hazel's with Leslie's lifeless body in the in the trunk of the car. He sets up the same rig situation to murder Trevor. He runs exhaust through a hose right into the face of Trevor as he is drugged. He was definitely 100% drugged and passed out in bed. So how did Trevor get drugged, you may ask? Well, Hazel drugged him earlier that evening with pills given to her from Colin. Very premeditated. Hazel crushed them up into a sandwich and gave it to her husband. And it doesn't sound like something an unwilling participant would do. Now does it? And once he fell asleep, I believe Hazel even called Colin and was like, hey, sleeping pills or whatever pills, they worked. My husband's drugged. He's passed out. He's ready for you. Why would she do that if she didn't want her husband to die? Why would she give him drugs? Why would she alert Colin that her husband is very vulnerable and, and passed out and drugged? I don't know. So Colin, he goes to the house. He puts the exhaust hose next to Trevor's face. And Trevor, he wakes up. Again, he's very weak from the pills because he, he's, he's drugged. And it doesn't take much for Colin, unfortunately, to overpower Trevor and put the hose directly in Trevor's mouth. And he also put the blanket over, over Trevor's head, just like he, he did to Leslie. And this immediately knocked Trevor unconscious and then very quickly killed him. He, he, he died very quickly after this. And there was a bit of a struggle too. And I think, I think that Colin may have punched Trevor in the face. Um, just going by what I read in an article, which I'm going to talk about later. So this means that Colin had murdered his wife, then drove over to his lover's house and murdered her police officer husband. Because remember, Trevor's a police officer. He moved fast to set the scene and get rid of the evidence. Colin gives Hazel the task of cutting up the hose into many pieces and burning it. Later, it comes out in court that she helped destroy evidence. Okay, so then he takes Trevor's body and he lays it beside Leslie's body in the trunk of his vehicle, the vehicle that he drove Leslie over to um, Hazel's house in. And I'd imagine he worked very fast because Trevor, when Trevor's body was discovered by police, it was in a sitting up position in the front seat of the vehicle. And there, I didn't read anything about any signs of blood pooling to one side, aka lividity, which w would happen if uh, Trevor's body would have been laying down on his side for like a half hour after death so I would I could just just by this I would imagine Colin moved very very quickly or there was lividity marks and it uh, was ignored or explained away because police really 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 thought that this was a suicide and also they just did a terrible terrible job assessing the scene but I'm going to talk about that later now to explain where Colin took the bodies uh to set up the to stage this suicide there is something you must know and this this is yeah this is just another layer to this case 
11 days before Leslie and Trevor are found dead, aka murdered, but it looks like a suicide, Leslie's father had died and left her with a six-figure inheritance. Remember, Colin was in debt at his dental practice, and as Leslie's husband, I guess that money is as good as his, isn't it? Also, this would be enough money for Leslie to start a life without him. She could afford childcare. She could go back to work as a nurse. She could leave him. And honestly, she seemed so depressed. He was probably really worried that she would want a divorce and she would leave him. And for some reason, he just really didn't want a divorce. He would rather murder her than get a divorce. I mean, and now there's, you know, there's all this money. Some would say that's motive. That is motive. Some people would say that. Some people even believe that Colin may have had something to do with Leslie's father's death. And when you hear the details around it, you kind of wonder. Her father had been staying with her and Colin. Leslie's father had previous good health, no issues, and yet while staying in Colin and Leslie's home 11 days before Leslie's murdered, he suddenly dies. Because of his age, there was no post-mortem done, and his death was just guessed to be heart failure. It was never investigated. Her father had a beautiful home in Castle Rock, not far from where they lived, and this is where Colin brought Trevor and Leslie's bodies. He used the fact that Leslie was so distraught over her father's death to his sick advantage in staging her suicide. Colin parked the vehicle in the garage, made sure to wear gloves, moved Trevor's body from the trunk of the car to the driver's seat to look as though it was Trevor who drove him and Leslie there. I believe the driver's side window was down and the driver's side door was open and his one leg was out of the vehicle. His arm was placed on the steering wheel and his other leg was kind of bent underneath him in the footwell. Leslie was kept in the trunk. She was positioned in the trunk uh, with family photos scattered around her. So it looked like she had been looking at these photos and she had headphones on connected to a personal music device. I, if I had to guess, I'd say a Walkman. It didn't specify. Um, and this was to appear that she had been listening to her favorite music, looking at beautiful memories looking at these photos and falling asleep to her death according to investigation discovery there was a note which appeared to be a suicide note written by leslie that read dear colin i'm just trying to go to sleep now how long i don't know now, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't confirm this, but I wonder if she had written that note the first time she had tried to kill herself when she swallowed all of those pills, but luckily she was saved. So I wonder if she had wrote the note that time and Colin had found it and then, and then kept that note and planned to use it later because that is, the premeditation here is just, it's unbelievable. 19 years later, Colin will say that he planned the murders only a week before they happened. But if he saved that letter, then some could argue it was extremely premeditated, calculated, and planned, which a lot of people do. Colin then took a vacuum hose, connected it to the exhaust of the vehicle, placed it in the trunk, turned the ignition on, and left. He had set the scene to make it look like a suicide pact between two heartbroken, burnt spouses. After setting up the scene, Colin rode home on his bicycle he had planted near the house earlier. Again, just so much premeditation here. The next day on May 19th, Colin calls police and members of the church. He tells both that Leslie left late last night only to return with Trevor. Colin said he and Trevor had a bit of an altercation and then Trevor left with Leslie and didn't come home and, and then he was like worried. And he thought that perhaps they had been in a car accident as he knew Leslie had been drinking. 
police and the church, they buy this story given the history with, with the affair and Leslie being depressed. They know that she had been drinking and, you know, so they, they just buy this story immediately. They're like, okay, I think we know what happened here. Maybe Leslie and Trevor were still pissed off about the affair, blah, 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 blah. Okay, this is, you know, you could see how how they could jump to that conclusion. And Colin even asks a church member to go look for Leslie uh, at her recently deceased father's home in Castle Rock. What a sadistic man. Purposefully leading a fellow church member to discover two dead bodies. I mean, that is an image that man will never get out of his head. I, I'm sure of it. Sending somebody, oh, I don't know, maybe they're here. Knowing that you're going to send someone into a horrific scene that they will never, ever forget, that will give them nightmares. Like, call it, he just has no, he just has no end to what he will do, he, to his evilness. So this guy who belongs to the church, he goes to check out the, the property, but he doesn't find anything because he doesn't go into the garage. He doesn't, he doesn't look that deep. I think he goes to the house. He looks around the property. He's like, okay, doesn't go inside. But then he later returns with another church member who also happened to be a police officer, uh, but he's not on shift at the time. Uh, and maybe, and maybe it's because this other church member is a cop. The two get more adventurous. And they do go and look in the garage. And that's when they make the absolutely grim, horrific discovery. Police are called. And when they look at the scene, they see what appears to be a double suicide. The car had been left on but was now out of gas. Everything was covered in soot from the poisonous exhaust and it appeared that both Trevor and Leslie died willingly from the exhaust fumes. The coroner would confirm that both Colin and Leslie died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Not really sure why toxicology reports would ignore the other substances though. I mean surely um the drugs Trevor was given would have been a red flag, seeing that most likely, uh, but not confirmed, Leslie had the same ones in her system, or maybe they thought that was part of the pact. I'm not really sure, but I feel like that was overlooked. Later, the investigation would be called deeply flawed, and it would be reexamined. During the investigation, a witness had told police several things that pointed directly to Colin such as okay listen to this he had recently dropped an electrical cord in the bath while Leslie was in it what the hell I don't have more details on that but I did hear it in another source as well but again I don't have all the details uh, it seems pretty credible, though, that he actually did do this. So maybe he tried to kill Leslie before and make it look like a electrical cord in the bath accident. Police were also told that Colin had been giving Leslie medication, and they also added in his financial troubles at the time. And I'm sure they didn't forget to mention the affair and maybe all of the um, inheritance Leslie had just received. I mean, there's so much motive. It should have been impossible to ignore what was so obvious. Other evidence that was ignored was that, um, not, not ignored, but not even looked at would be no fingerprints were taken, not from the car key, not from the ignition, uh, also not, not from the hose that, you know, the vacuum hose, also the injuries to Trevor's face were ignored. It, it was just never documented. And also no evidence was collected from the scene. Just evidence was not collected. I mean, I would call this a completely botched investigation. And if I didn't know any better, I'd say the police were in on this, but unfortunately I think they were just so honed in, so laser focused on this double suicide theory that they ended up doing a terrible job processing the scene. 
Trevor's death was incredibly hard on his father. During the funeral, he lifted his son out of the casket and held him in his arms, like his his the top part of his body. And Trevor's father noticed the bruising and the cut lip on his son, but he didn't suspect foul play as the police had closed the case as suicide but he, he saw these injuries and what's really sad is that Trevor's father wished that his son would have come to him instead of killing himself not knowing that it was murder because he said something to his son when he was in that casket like why didn't you come to me first he was just he was so torn apart that he believed his son was hurting so bad, had nobody to turn to, and ended his own life. And eventually his father died never knowing the truth, never knowing that Trevor didn't commit suicide, that he was murdered. There were family members of both Trevor and Leslie that didn't believe this was a suicide pact though. People people were very suspicious to this. It seemed extremely far-fetched to them and even more so that Leslie and Trevor would do this pact, do this suicide together. After Leslie's death, Colin receives a rather large payout in the amount of 400,000 pounds, which in US dollars is close to $500,000. And when adjusting for inflation in today's money, that amount would be over $1.2 million US dollars. The money had come from a variety of places like Leslie's father's estate being sold, uh, her life insurance, her like just it came from like a bunch of different places, but it, it added up to yeah, about 400,000 pounds, which in today's money would be around 1.2 million US dollars. And Colin's dental practice, remember, he was struggling. He was broke. uh, But now he has a ton of money. Now that Colin's wife and Hazel's husband are out of the picture and they have this money, the two are now free to be together without being judged by the church uh, for having divorces. Well, They do get together again and even openly by 1994. So this murder, these murders happened or what was staged to be a suicide in 1991. And by 1994, Hazel and Colin, they are open with their relationship. People know about it. But Hazel's guilt is so strong that she can't even bring herself to be intimate with Colin any longer. She doesn't even like having sex with him. The guilt is just... It's just too much for her. She felt that God was watching her and she felt that she was going to hell because of what her and Colin had done. So what does Colin do? What's his solution to Hazel feeling all of this guilt? Well, he injects Hazel with a anesthetic or some type of sedation that he would use at his his dental practice. And this was to both allow him to have sex with her without her feeling riddled with guilt, but it also had another purpose. Colin was experimenting with drugs and sexual assault, I guess, because he wanted to know what he could get away with when it came to doing this to his unsuspecting female patients. That's right. And we will find out later. He gets caught for this. Uh, But I'm not going to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about that later. Later, you're going to hear all about this. And it is just so fucked up. This guy just has no end in sight to his evilness. After a brief engagement to each other, they finally break up for good in 1996. The guilt was just too much to bear for Hazel. Um, She actually had a conscience, unlike Colin. And from what I read, it sounded like Colin may have stalked Hazel after their breakup and was seen lurking in her back garden, like standing there and staring into her house which is fucking scary. Hazel, she had moved on. She met a new man whose name was also Trevor. Um, Just like her first husband, she helped murdered, which was kind of weird. Colin, he would go on to get married very soon after he and Hazel broke up. So him and Hazel break up 
sounds like he stalked her for a minute and then he met a vulnerable woman and he he jumped at it I'm sure he was very manipulative he just sounds like a real piece of work so Colin he meets a woman through his church and they get married I'm not gonna say her name she had just escaped an abusive relationship in America and had come to study in Northern Ireland and it just makes me shudder to think that she just got away from one nightmare she's vulnerable she's scared she's alone in a new place and um Colin meets her and I'm sure he turned on his charm I'm sure he did all the things and he tricks her and they end up getting married I say tricked because I'm sure he was pretending to be a good person and we all know he is not her and Colin actually go on to have five children together and they stay together for a long time um but after his after their first child is born uh, their first child is born kind of sick and Colin thinks that this is a sign from God to tell his wife about the murders he committed. Why he thinks this is this, I, I have no idea. The baby was fine. The baby was totally fine. So I don't, I don't know the details on that, but he was like, this is a sign from God. I got to tell my new wife about these murders. And he thinks that if he tells her, and she forgives him, then that means him and God are all good about the murders, that there's no no bad blood there. So Colin tells her, and she tells him to turn himself into police. Uh, not exactly what he was planning on her saying. There is no way he is going to do that. So he tells her, well, okay I will but give me a minute because when I go to jail you don't want to be left broke do you uh let me get my my financials in order then I promise I will turn myself in and I'll confess to the church what I did during this time he was he was buying time this was him buying time he was contemplating what to do and then something crazy happens and a huge part of me if not all of me thinks that Colin set this up one day after church Colin and his wife are leaving and out of nowhere a little girl who is also a member of this church comes up to them in the parking lot and this little girl says hey Mr. Howell God wanted me to tell you that the slate is wiped clean, all your sins are forgiven, and he wants you to live your life with your wife and children. Then she just runs away. Okay, that's a bit crazy, isn't it? That's a bit of a coincidence. Colin's wife, she just stood there, stunned, and Colin he's looking around like yep see god forgives let's move on and not tell anyone about the murders i did that i confessed to you but then in 2007 colin and leslie's firstborn son matthew leslie like his his wife who he had murdered their firstborn son matthew was 22 years old and in 2007 he dies in russia after falling over a railing onto concrete some sources said car accident, uh, but I found I've, it was kind of equal equal parts sources said car accident and some said falling over a railing onto concrete. So I can't be for sure which one, but he dies. His eldest son, Matthew, dies and Colin takes this as a serious sign from God because Leslie's last words as she died were calling out to her son Matthew who was asleep upstairs now I don't know anything about the Bible but apparently Colin was certain this was a sign because uh because of what I just said but also because of this story in the Bible about a man who lusts after another woman Bathsheba I think and because of this sinful lust God kills the man's eldest son as punishment and as certain as Colin was that this was a sign from God to confess he still doesn't do it according to Colin what do you think God did to him next to try to make him confess you are not even going 
to believe this one. By 2008, Colin was finding himself again, again in financial distress when a rare opportunity seems to come his way when he was in Manila. Wouldn't you know it, but he meets someone in Manila who offers him an amazing investment opportunity. He couldn't believe it because he believes God took his eldest son as punishment, but now he is forgiven for real this time. And he and and from this will come great fortune. He will he will prosper now. He this is it. This is it. And this is how this is the path that God has set out for him to gain these riches. I'm not even joking you. This actually happened okay so I'm not sure who this person in Manila was I believe they posed as a Christian they posed as somebody from the same not the exact same church as Colin but under that umbrella I guess um, but in Manila and this person says hey Colin oh I've got an investment for you like you have money you want to invest in something And Colin sees this as a sign and he's like, well, God took my eldest son uh, and now I'm going to come into to to a fortune and this is how he's going to do it. So Colin's like, yeah, I got money. I'm going to invest. And this guy is like, "Okay, well, if you invest, that money is going to go towards uh, this dive team in the Philippines and they're looking for all of this gold, all of this treasure that was hidden um, by Japanese troops in the 40s, in the 1940s. And he said it was in the ocean or in these caves. It was somewhere and a dive team needed to do it and they needed funding. And it was hidden and it was treasure. And if he invested and the and the gold and treasure was found, which I'm sure he guaranteed it would be, then Colin would receive uh, up to five million pounds or something it was between like five and nine million pounds in gold something absolutely ridiculous like that if he only invested if he only invested three hundred and fifty thousand pounds so that was his initial investment and he did it he fucking did it he took money, I think he sold shares in, in, I think he had two other dental practices he had shares in or like partial ownership, whatever, sold that off. But then what was really dodgy about this was he had patients that had prepaid for dental work, like 200,000 pounds worth of patients had prepaid for dental work that was supposed to ha- supposed to happen and Colin used that money. And then he waits for his gold. A box did arrive one day and he thought, yes, this is my five million pound payday. This box is going to be loaded with my gold and treasures. I'm going to make so much money. And uh, he opens it. And when he opens it, all he found was karma. It was filled with brass ammunition, like old ammunition and it was worth almost nothing. Almost p- p- posting it, posting that package would have been worth more than what was in the damn package. And this is when he realized something was wrong. So he called <laughs> he calls the investment people uh because obviously they're going to answer and he they're going to sort this all out, right? No, of course not. What do you know? He calls them and their number had been disconnected. He had gotten scammed, scammed so hard. And now those patients who had prepaid for their dental work couldn't get it. He couldn't afford to do it now. He couldn't even afford to keep his practice open probably. He couldn't afford anything. That was all of his life savings. That was just so much money. He had nothing now. So then he thinks, okay, this, this scam, this is actually God trying to tell me that I'm not forgiven and maybe I should confess. I mean, really, by this point, going to jail would probably be the best 
thing for him. He's got uh, more than five kids. He's broke as hell. His practice is out of money. He owes people dental work that he won't be able to do. Uh, I mean, he probably owes the bank money. He's probably got loans. He's just drowning financially. He has nothing. If he goes to jail, he'll get free food. He'll get free rent. He won't have to work. He's fucked up his life so bad now that jail is actually looking like a good option for him. Okay, let's talk about this crazy ass confession because he confesses to more than just the murders. When he told his wife about the scam, she said, enough is enough. You have to confess now. Confess your sins now because this is getting out of control. Apparently they weren't living together at this time. Colin was living in a trailer because I guess his wife, him and his wife were fighting. I don't know. He he was like kicked out of his house or something. Him and his wife weren't living together. So he goes from his trailer, I guess he was living in, to his wife's house. And his wife had called over the members of the church. So when he gets over, when he goes over there, there's a bunch of, church members there and his wife is like he's got something to tell you and everybody's like oh my goodness okay knowing this guy this is gonna be crazy so Colin gets to his house the church members are there they have no idea what this is what like what this is about what he's about to say and I mean they all probably thought it was about an affair maybe a new one maybe about an old one they, they thought it was probably something to do with adultery but then Colin just drops so many bombs so many the majority his wife didn't even know about so he is just like the truth is nigh and he's just dropping these truth bombs she knew about the murders but when he confessed to having an affair on her uh that was a shock and then and then the biggest shock to her was when he confessed to sexually assaulting unconscious patients at his dental practice. That's right, he did that and he tells everybody. He would put women under sedation, wait for them to be unconscious, and then the details of what he did were never released, but uh, it surely had something to do with sexual acts um which is just absolutely disgusting so fucking gross and I also believe that affair that he had on his wife at this time was with a woman who worked for him at his dental practice so he was going to work and he was having an affair with someone who works there and then he was also sexually assaulting female patients under sedation what the fuck is wrong with this guy He also confessed to being addicted to porn and everyone in the church was like, yeah, we know that already, duh. And then he's like, okay, well, did you know I murdered my first wife and my lover's husband back in 1991? Wow. Wow. Could you even imagine what everyone was thinking? They must have thought, okay, you were, we thought the sexual assaults on sedated patients was going to be the most corrupt thing the the most heaviest thing in this confession but now you're confessing to a double homicide I mean that's a lot to take in it was time to face the music everybody I don't know what everyone's reaction was I can imagine they were just looking at him like he was a demon like he was heavily influenced by the devil and I guess Colin after he confessed all these sins he was like we should all pray and one of the members of the church said no we're not praying you're going to police immediately wouldn't even let he's like no fuck you buddy you don't get to pray you don't get to lead a prayer you don't get to have a prayer you are fucked up and we're going to the police right now and Colin he went to police where he willingly confessed again on the record And I couldn't imagine the people in the police station took this lightly because remember, Trevor, the man that he murdered, was a police officer. 
he would have been telling people that Trevor worked with, most likely, that he had murdered him. I mean, oh, the police, they would have just had all of this stuff dumped on them, plus that the guy sitting in front of them had murdered one of their own. That's not going to go over, that's not going to go over well at all. So what's going on with Hazel, though? She played a huge role in these murders, okay? Would she be charged as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She is. Because Colin tells police, yeah, she helped me big time. She's certainly involved and she is very guilty. Luckily, Hazel still lives in the area. So police go right to her home. And she has been remarried for a while at this point to a man named David, who, who, guess what, is a police officer. Yeah. Uh, David, he... He's about to get the shock of his motherfucking life because he answers the door to police. He probably even knows them if he's a police officer. And they're like, hey, where's your wife? He tells them, oh, she's not home right now. And they're like, okay, we're going to wait. And David asks them, what's this about? They don't say nothing. They don't tell him nothing. And then Hazel comes home. Yeah, okay. Hazel comes home. She sees police standing in her house. And I'm sure this was her greatest fear. She had probably been waiting for this moment, fearing this moment, having nightmares about this moment for her whole fucking life. So police tell her what Colin is saying. Yeah, she comes home and police tell her, hey, Colin, you know, Colin Howell, that guy you had an affair with and then we're together for a while and then we're engaged to for a little while. He's saying that you helped him murder your husband and his wife. And Hazel, she pleads her innocence for days, days and days and days. She's telling police, I had nothing to do with it. I don't know what he's talking about. That That's all lies. Finally, though, days go by. They're grilling her. Finally, the truth comes out. I don't know how they finally drag the truth out of her, but finally she tells the the truth. And she tells police, yeah, I drugged my husband's food. And she did allow Colin entry into her garage with his vehicle. But she said she didn't kill anybody. She said she was not guilty of the murder. She knew about it, but she's saying she didn't, she didn't murder anyone. She's saying basically she couldn't stop Colin from doing this. Okay, so in 2010, Colin Howell, he pled guilty in court. Uh, He wasn't messing around any longer. He was all about the truth now. He was repenting and truthing and confessing. And his sentencing was two life sentences, having to serve over 20 years before he could be eligible for parole. So to me, it sounds like those two life sentences are concurrent, really, having to serve 20 years before he could be eligible for parole. Hazel was charged with the murder of Leslie Howell and her husband, Trevor Buchanan, just like uh, Colin was, but she pled not guilty in court. Yeah, she was like, I'm not guilty. In 2011, her trial began, and guess who the star witness was? Yeah, yeah, it was Colin. (laughs) Colin's like, yeah, I'm gonna get up on stand, I'm gonna point right at your face, say she did it her defense argued that he had hazel under his control and was abusive towards her and that's why she didn't stop him from murdering her husband or leslie but in the end in the end the jury was like nah you did the damn thing you are guilty and hazel was sentenced to a minimum of 18 years before being eligible for parole i do believe she is still trying to um get off of these charges she's still trying to prove her innocence and get out of jail i believe colin was then back in court for the sexual assault charges on the sedated female patients There were five women who came forward or or were involved in this to say that Colin had carried out these sexual acts on them. And he pled guilty to to, to doing it um, and at least nine counts of indecent assault. 
So his charges was indecent assault. His sentencing for the charges was five and a half years. And again, hopefully that's not concurrent. Because of this gross and illegal conduct as a dentist, Colin lost his massive pension, which would have given him an extra 600,000 pounds, aka almost 750,000 thousand US dollars when he retired. There was talk of Colin's wife facing prison time for knowing Colin had murdered Leslie and Trevor and not saying anything for many many years. She knew that he had committed that murder and she just stayed silent Uh, but this did not lead to a charge and she actually moved uh, back to America and she took all of the kids with her. As far as I can tell Colin Howell he will probably be in prison for perhaps the rest of his life. Uh, although he, for some reason, thinks he will um, get out of, of prison and still have a, a bit of a, a life left to enjoy. But, I mean, it doesn't sound like his kids really communicate with him or want anything to do with him. He has no pension. He has no money. I mean, even if he's released, what is he going to do? Like, what would he even do? I did read in an article that in prison he asked if he could do dentistry in there. And they were like, fuck no. No way can you do that. What do you, no way. No way can he do that because he's got a charge for assaulting people who he had sedated while doing dental work on them. No, you can't do dental work in here. You've lost that privilege. Clearly, you cannot be trusted. And in the same article, I read that he was giving relationship advice in prison. And I'm like, nope, don't, don't, do not, do not take relationship advice from that man. Just don't do it. That concludes this week's episode. I would like to thank a listener who commented on my last week's TikTok. The comment was so kind and you have no idea how much it made my day. So thank you so much, Ray Lynn. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's motivating to get nice comments like that. So I just really, really wanted to thank you. Um, if you want to follow Hell No on TikTok, it's Hell No underscore a true crime podcast. Same with on Instagram. I'd love to bring you all lives tiktok lives but i need a thousand followers to unlock that feature so please if you want me to do lives if you want to see my lives from my studio please head on over to tiktok give the podcast a follow on there um if you're listening on spotify or apple Podcasts, i would really appreciate it if you could rate me five stars that would be amazing and thanks for listening and see you next week 